I went to a marvelous party. Most people don't even know the fact the underlying ideas don't have enough depth to last for an entire season. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California. It's the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, the Internet's first live comedy variety show. Featuring special correspondents from the worlds of entertainment, politics, and lousy relationships. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the dinnerpartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good evening and welcome to the Dinner Party Show. Tonight, Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn are on a special Oscar night assignment. Sitting in for them, I'm Breck Artery. Jordan, that's your cue. Welcome to the new Jordan Ampersand Show, starring me, Jordan Ampersand. Now, talking about stuff that real people Jordan. actually care about. Jordan, Not the stupid, you? boring old people stuff that used Jordan. to make me talk about. Tonight, hats! What the size Jordan. of a man's hat can tell you about is... Jordan! Jordan? Oh my God, what? What are you doing? I'm telling people about my new show. This is the premiere. Jordan, this is still the dinner party show. Christopher and Eric are just out covering the Oscar parties tonight. Thanks to you, in fact. Thanks to me? Well, you're the one who got them the invites to the Vanity Fair party. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen Eric quite that excited about anything. He actually hugged you. Yeah, that was kind of weird. He's gotten better at it. Better? Yeah, the only time Eric ever hugged me before, it was like he was trying to choke me or something. Anyway, uh, the point is, we're just sitting in for Christopher and Eric tonight, but it's still... Our best chance to show people what they're missing! Welcome to the premiere of the new Jordan Ampersand Show, starring me, Jordan Ampersand. No, Jordan, trust me on this. It's still the dinner party show. It's time for the not report. The what? Tonight on the dinner party show, we will not be talking about people stuck on a disabled luxury cruise liner as though they were survivors of a natural disaster or a shipwreck. We at the dinner party show are terribly sorry to hear your vacation was ruined, but that's not actually national news, just apparently really smelly, and we won't be talking about it. That... That's your cue, Jordan. Welcome to the hot new Jordan Ampersand I'm starting to understand why Eric was hugging you around the neck like that. Weird, right? Jordan, it's your cue to... Stop it. It's time for the not report. Oh my God, what the hell is that? It sounds so lame. Chris and Eric do it every week at the top of the show. I don't actually listen to the parts of the show I'm not in. Still, it's how the dinner party show, which this still is, starts every week. We list the things we won't be talking about on the show tonight. What? It's editorial. It's stupid. It's a satirical way of lampooning the media focus on irrelevant... <laughs> you said lampooning. Jordan... <laughs> 
Jordan, didn't you get the memo on preparing for tonight's show? Didn't you come up with a list of things for the not report? If we talk about the stuff that we're not going to talk about, aren't we talking about it? It's ironic. Moronic. Way moronic. The joke. Old and boring. <sighs> Everything about the show is old and boring, just like Chris and Eric. That's why I got them those invitations. What are you saying? You deliberately got them off the show? Don't you start with the big words. Deliberately? Whatever. Haven't you ever heard the story about how the understudy goes on and a star is born? Well, I'm not sure where you're headed with all this. I think it's worth noting that the understudy still does the same play as the leading lady when she fills in for her. Really? So, you have... Nothing for the not report. Oh, my God. All right. This is Jordan Ampersand, and tonight we will not be talking about the stupid, boring not report. What we will have is special Oscar night coverage. Brock and Bastion join us live poolside at their storied home in the West Hollywood Hills, the Glass Palace, where each year they host their legendary annual Night of the Oscars celebration. Tonight, the dinner party show gets you a coveted invitation. Holy Shakira, I love them. They'll have tips on how you can feel bad about your Oscar night party when you compare it to theirs. I've always wanted to go to one of their parties. I kind of did go to one once before but they never let me out of the catering van. Well, tonight, Jordan, we'll be joining them for an insider's view of the night of the Oscars at their Glass Palace. And later, Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn will be coming to us live from the star-studded Vanity Fair party with the inside scoop on how Hollywood royalty are celebrating on this night of nights on the entertainment calendar. Yeah, or maybe we'll do something way cooler. But first, it's time for the hors d'oeuvre, that part of the show where we chat about about current events. Jordan? What? Current events. What? What news stories caught your eye this past week? Oh my God, did you hear about that cruise ship that got stuck in Mexico and there was a fire and the electricity went off and they had to poop in buckets? You mean like everyone who came to this country prior to the 19th century? When was that? It's going to be a really long night. Here, take one of these. It makes everything go away faster. What is that? I don't know what they're called, but they're yellow. Okay. Uh, When we come back, Brock and Bastion, West Hollywood's self-anointed, most perfect gay couple, will take time out of their busy and glamorous schedule to make us all feel a little worse about our lives. But first, a word from one of our special Oscar night sponsors. She was a very pretty young woman no one found attractive. You might as well learn to type, cause despite the fact that you were the most attractive person in this movie, you ain't never gonna get you a husband. Oh, Mom. He was just a regular guy who was really, really beautiful, even though he did absolutely nothing to earn the rippling abs and the artfully frosted hair in his rugged and thankless but heroic profession that no one but she appreciated. I appreciate you. Let's eat another pizza and drink some more beer. Even though both of us are clearly underweight and haven't eaten anything like this in years. Together, they're exactly the couple you'll pay $15 to see them become, while they completely warp your sense of love, romance, and your vaguest grip on reality. Go away. I'm not sure what I want, and so I'm just going to throw you away without even asking how you really feel. I'll wait patiently while you behave like a premenstrual 13-year-old. And then I'll say something completely improbable, like, you complete me. After I do some ridiculously unlikely romantic thing to convince you that you should give me a chance. Even though I'm prettier than you and such a catch, even straight men would probably accept my marriage proposal. 
Theirs was a predictable romance that everyone saw coming, except the untalented studio hacks who keep greenlighting the same unmarketable, warmed-over romantic crap that's been bombing at the box office for years. You complete me. A skywriter spelling out the first thing I ever said to you. Why would you do that after the way I've treated you? I have no idea. And neither will you when you see this most recent version of the same romantic comedy that we've been remaking since Billy Crystal was still young enough to be a romantic lead and you didn't hate Meg Ryan. I have no idea. Movie critics are calling the feel-good movie of 1985. Why did they make the same movie again this year? I have no idea. Coming to a theater near you. How did we get so lucky? I have no idea. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. And we're back to The Dinner Party Show with special Oscar night coverage live from the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood, California. And later, the Jordan Ampersand Show. We take you now to the exclusive Pretense Hills neighborhood, high above West Hollywood, looking down on it, in fact, from the home of the hosts with the most, whose renown is unquestioned from La Brea Avenue to Doheny Boulevard. That's only actually a mile, but still, here, Brock and Bastion, West Hollywood's self-proclaimed most perfect couple. Hi, I'm Brock, and this is Bastion. Bastion here. I already said that. And I wish you wouldn't say my name unless you intend to do something about it. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, it's me, Jordan Ampersand. Remember me from the gym? We had on, like, the same fuchsia property of LASD tank top. I gave you my phone number, and you said you'd call about the party you were having for the Olympics. Oh, yes. Wrestling appreciation night. We filled the pool with Jello and porn stars. That was amazing. Yeah, you never... Called. We must have lost your number. Here, let me give it to you again. Not on the air, Jordan. Air Jordan, what a perfect nickname. He doesn't need a nickname, and believe me, Ampersand, I have your number. Leapin' Louboutins. I can't wait to see the Glass Palace in person. I've been looking at the Facebook pictures for years. Yeah, you should wait by the phone. I will, I will, I will. Silence, Crack Twink. We're about to make magic here. Meanwhile, it's Oscar night in Hollywood, but in West Hollywood, the high-end party and shopping zone between Hollywood and Beverly Hills, tonight the real excitement is about the Oscar night parties. The most famous Oscar parties in the world happen in West Hollywood, but in the city of West Hollywood itself, the undisputed party that says Queens are Brock and Bastion. West Hollywood's most perfect gay couple. And we do say so ourselves. And we do. As often as possible. But during Oscar season, it's the people who want to come to our party who say it the most. We have been having this party for years, and everyone who thinks they are anyone in West Hollywood and wants us to think so too, practically crawls up our butts to get an invitation to this night of watching television at our house. That's right, you heard us. Watching television. The secret to all Oscar parties is that the biggest events of the night don't actually happen at your party. The truly famous people and the most sought-after guests of the night are elsewhere and have something way better to do. And no one will ever care what happens at your party except the people who want to attend 
but don't get to. The secret to making your Oscar night party is not the guest list, but the list of people you don't invite. They'll be the ones talking about what happened at your party. You have to make your party seem like it's the place to be. Because the people who actually came to your party know that you just watched something cool happening somewhere else on television. But I'm guessing it's not TV dinners in front of the flat screen. Not at all. The trickiest part is putting together our not invited list. That's right. The real skill in giving a successful Oscar party is in being able to tell the difference between braggarts, the people you air quotes want to invite to your party, and people who are just bitter blabbermouths who you don't want to invite to the party, but who you do want to add as Facebook, Instagram, and social media contacts so you can give them something to talk about. And resent. Too true. Because if you don't make them hate you, they won't talk about you. Because who talks about people they like? Right. Right. You guys are my role model. Then be quiet and learn something, sweetie. Once you've got your braggart and haters list straight, the rest is just getting the braggarts to make the haters hate that they weren't invited. Our signature and number one Facebook photo op taggers are the tall, muscular, naked man with the shaved heads who we paint gold and send out to pass hors d'oeuvre and champagne during the party. That's why we call our party Night of the Oscars. We don't have waiters, we have Oscars. Because everyone knows if you want to sell something to a gay man, all you have to do is put a naked man on it. Then we steal Wolfgang Puck recipes. Like he invented chocolate, smoked salmon, and cream cheese. Set up a bunch of TVs around the pool. Turn on the banks of glamour lights that make the house and the palm trees look like the establishing shot on a reality show. And fire up the Wi-Fi for maximum social media saturation. Then we just sit back, sip our Oscar teenies, and let jealousy do the rest. Everyone at the party starts tweeting and posting pics of themselves with our life-sized Oscars. Because on Oscar night, everyone wants to be photographed with a big gold statuette in their hand. And before you can say green-eyed monster, you can practically feel the envy rising up Pretense Canyon to fog up our windows as we look down on everyone who wishes they were here with us watching, watching television. <laughs> Best of all, West Hollywood being what it is, there are a surprising number of locals who want to show off their biggest, probably only, life achievement. And they can't do that with their clothes on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so believe it or not, Brack, we have a waiting list for our Oscar waiter model staff of people who are willing to do anything to be famous. And who think our party has anything to do with that. Maybe I can be one of those special Oscars like the one they gave Shirley Temple. And I rest our case. So, what made you guys start giving your Night of the Oscars party in the first place? Because Elton John kept not inviting us to watch TV with him. Not that we're jealous. But why throw a party in West Hollywood and not invite us? And the vicious cycle continues. Brock, Bastion, Thanks for giving us a peek inside your world-famous Night of the Oscars party. At least it is if you consider the 35 blocks that comprise West Hollywood the world. And we do all the time. But on Oscar night, the whole world comes to West Hollywood. I guess that's true. Thanks again for inviting the dinner party show to your Night of the Oscars. You're so welcome. Air quotes. <laughs> Call me. I look great in gold. And up next, 
We'll check in with Christopher and Eric at the most glamorous Oscar night party of all, live from the Vanity Fair party. That's right. Thanks to Dinner Party Show special correspondent Jordan Ampersand here, Chris and Eric will be tweeting live from the epicenter of Oscar night glamour, the Vanity Fair party. But first, a word from another Oscar night sponsor. From Sony Pictures Classics, Focus Features, The Weinstein Company, and Proton Street Films comes the critically acclaimed award-winning first film from director Bernays Patel, a film which received honorable mentions at the Nantucket, Naugatuck, and Northumberland Film Festivals, a film that has now been given an almost incomprehensible trailer. I don't know why I'm riding this bus, but I feel compelled to stare out the window and to reflect on my great disillusionment. Look, children playing. Are they mine? In a country that might be France, or possibly some Eastern European nation decimated by the Cold War, which may or may not have something to do with this story, a beautiful woman who wears no makeup but owns many tasteful scarves has come to question everything she believes in. I am a doctor, but I, I don't believe in medicine. I am a woman, but I don't believe in menstruation. There is a man in her life somewhere He is handsome and smiles right now very briefly in this shot, but you aren't quite sure who he is, and given the rapid cut back to the main character riding a bus, it's clear you won't be given any more information. Probably because this is a foreign film, being marketed by one overworked publicist who graduated from Sarah Lawrence just last year. And now, more piano. This fall, possibly, or maybe later this year comes A European Woman, starring a new, possibly French actress every fashion magazine will be shoving down your throat in just a few months. Richard Baxter of Movie Magazine hails a European woman as rapturous. Never before has a woman riding a Spartan European inner city bus and gazing out the window as she reflects on we're not quite sure what seemed so ripe with meaning and emotion. The only thing better would be if she went on a long bike ride at some point, and she does several times. I am tired of this bike. We are at the beach now. I'm smiling, but not laughing like the others. Who are these people? The trailer has not made this clear. Are they my children? I don't remember having children. Children upset me. I'm so beautiful. Why isn't everyone doing exactly what I want? Stop, everyone! It's time for me to play the piano. This fall, possibly, at that small local art house theater that's a long cab ride from home, the one you only go to when you're trying to impress a date with a master's degree, comes a European woman. We're not going to tell you what it's about because we're not quite sure anyone knows. Listening to the dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for the soup, brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother. I will have you know that I am writing a play about all of you. 
The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Jordan Ampersand Show. It is not the Jordan Ampersand Show, Jordan. You'll confuse the Dinner Party Show's loyal listeners. The Jordan Show does not exist, except in the imagination of this overamped little pixie next to me. And as this reporter can tell you firsthand, it's not fairy dust that he's stuffed with. Well, it's not the Brock Amblin Show either. Good, because my name is Brock Artery, and I'm the news correspondent for the Dinner Party Show, which is actually hosted by Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, with unfortunate recurrences of Christopher's downstairs infection, otherwise known as Jordan Ampersand. Big words mean small penis. Anyway, as we announced earlier, I, Jordan Ampersand, will now be performing some of the best Oscar clip performances from recent memory. No one announced that earlier, ladies and gentlemen. That was not announced earlier. it is my dubious honor to perform Miss Violin Davis delivering her famous words of racist inspiration from the Oscar-nominated film Let's Get Help. Oh, for the love of God, how does Eric do it? You is strong, you is kind, you is important, and I'm black, and all I want to do is help you out, pretty little white girl, because you have a nicer house, and I love cleaning it. I really feel like I should have gone into acting instead of just being cute. Well, then you'll be pleased to learn, Mr. Ampersand, that recent studies confirm that being cute is, in fact, all that most actors have to offer. Yay! I love Oscar season. You know what I love more is having my own radio show. Am I the only one wondering why Christopher and Eric haven't called in by now with their live report from the Vanity Fair Oscar party? Yes, you are. And now it's time for another Oscar clip performance from me, Jordan Ampersand, host of the Jordan Show. That's going to be my theme song, only with Kesha. Brandon, see if you can get Christopher and Eric on the line. Good luck with that. Okay, this performance will be of Antonio Hopkins, star of Bad Company, and a lesser-known performance is Anna Bull Selector in the Oscar-nominated film The Silence is Lame. Here goes. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice key auntie. Ah, I'm British and I eat people. And that concludes this backstage look at the Honey Boo Boo School of Dramatic Arts. And I'm being told that we have Christopher and Eric on the phone. Let's patch them through, shall we? Jordan, when I get my hands on you... Uh-oh, it looks like we've lost the connection. Now it's time for my very special report on the tragic overlookings that happened during Oscar season. One of the movies most widely recognized as having been blacklisted by the prejudicial nature of Oscar voters later went on to be a sort of successful musical in New York, which is far and, like, expensive to get to, even on Virgin America opinionated travel gays. Anyway, I digress. That movie is the Reese Witherspoon vehicle Legally Blonde. It appears Christopher and Eric are now calling my cell phone. Well, too bad. Only you and I will be able to hear them, and it looks like something bad happened to the phone in the studio. Oh, well, as I was saying, I Actually, think- young man, here in the 21st century, we have technology that allows me to patch them through to the show with just the press of this button. What? No. Christopher and Eric, you're live with the Dinner Party Show, which is actually your show, so go ahead. Jordan! Eric, just let me handle this. You can handle him later at a motel room on Sunset Boulevard for all I care. This I'm taking care of right now. 
Jordan. We have been standing outside the Vanity Fair Oscar party for an hour. We have spoken to everyone working the front door, and they all say we are not on any list at all. We look like idiots. I know. That's probably why they won't let you in. Jordan, seriously, are we on the list? Um, did you try showing them my picture? Yes, but that guy screamed and ran away. Well, I don't know what to I tell you. I know what you, you need I to mean... tell us. You need to Eric, tell... lower your voice. Annie Leibovitz is looking at us. Will you shut up? That's Nick Nolte. Oh. Jordan, did you actually get us on the list for this party, or was this just a giant ruse for you to take control of our radio show? And before you answer, don't think I haven't been listening. You can stream our show live on your cell phone, you know. There's an app for that. I redact that affirmation. Fact is, you're probably both dressed like homeless golfers or something, so they probably don't want to let you in, even though your names are on the list. Jordan, we're going to get to the bottom of this very shortly. Yeah, well, why don't you guys think about it on the long flight back home? Long flight home? Have those uh, little yellow pills distorted your sense of reality, young man? Sort of. Why? We're down the street, Jordan. You're what? The Vanity Fair Oscar party is at the Sunset Tower Hotel on the Sunset Strip, just like our studio. No! Vanity Fair is a magazine. Magazines are in New York. That's where everything cold and long is. Yeah, I've got something cold and long headed your way, young man. Eric, lower your voice. Angela Lansbury is looking at us. That's Paul Giamatti. Now start walking. Oh, shit! Ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to keep listening to the Dinner Party Show's increasingly special Oscar special. It, uh, looks like things are about to get very special indeed. I'd preview what's coming up next, but honestly, I no longer have any idea. In a time of war, in a faraway galaxy, ruled by an amazingly complex and incomprehensible cosmology that will need at least six films to make itself clear, he has arrived. Our world is dying. Our people are dying. You, stranger, are our only hope for salvation. Uh, yeah. Why is that? I don't even know how I got here. He was a lone man in amazing shape, but wholly unqualified to do anything besides look incredibly good with windblown hair. Who the hell are you people? We are an amazingly good-looking, English-speaking alien race. And you will save us from extinction at the hands of an amazingly bad-looking alien race that wants our planet. Why do they want your planet? It's a shithole that looks suspiciously like New Mexico in some parts and Northern Africa in others. Our world is too complicated for you to understand so soon. Good. Can I go home? No, you must save us. On Earth, he was a gas station employee with a goals membership, a bad attitude, and a shrewish ex-wife who never would have walked out on someone as good-looking as him if this weren't a movie. But on this strange, desolate planet of amazingly attractive people in taffeta bathing suits, he has been chosen for no apparent reason to lead a revolution against an impressive species of ugly aliens, all of whom have British accents. Darling, I'm a strange being. I'll be late for Coranda, and it's Harkle's Day, so there's fresh cake. How did I get picked for the savior gig? I I know nothing about this planet, or you people, or what the hell I'm doing here. Arthur, we're going to be late. Till next time, strange being. Wait, that doesn't answer my... Hero. 
you have been chosen to be the one to save us for one reason. Because you're hot. I just don't see how that qualifies me for this job. You're just like my father, who was killed in the first uprising against the ugly aliens with British accents. How? I'm not related to you, and I never met the guy. But he was hot, too. Here, watch this hopeful flashback. He is hot. In a universe filled with the self-important myths and prophecies of unimportant people, all you really need to shape the fate of galaxies and fulfill those prophecies is to be really, really hot. Alright, let me get this straight. Even though the only things I know how to do are pump gas and make protein shakes, you want me to stay here on your shithole planet and learn how to fire this ridiculously complex laser gun and fly this hovercraft over thousands of miles of desert to save a bunch of grubby-looking orphan kids from a flesh-eating alien monster who sounds a lot like Angela Lansbury. And be my lover and rule as king. Lover? Ew, you're an alien. I'm an alien. Am I not beautiful? I think horses are beautiful still. Do you not love me? I love my dog, but, but not in that way, you know? What about destiny? What about speciation? I'm willing to overlook that without even so much as a mention because you're hot. This summer, take a journey to a faraway galaxy that is as superficial and obvious as the one you come from and join with a wholly unqualified hero with an amazing V-shaped back and a perfectly sculpted jaw as he battles a planet full of trite cliches with his shirt off. Why? Because he's hot. In a universe filled with the self-important myths and prophecies of unimportant people, all you really need to shape the fate of galaxies and fulfill those prophecies is to be really, really hot. Listening to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine. I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I, I, I mean, am I right? The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Brock and Bastion Show. Have we picked a theme song yet? Not yet, sweetie. There hasn't been time. We were only called in to rescue this drifting disaster just a few short minutes ago. Indeed. Christopher and Eric's little endeavor is fast becoming the carnival triumph of internet radio shows. Hush, hush now, sweet Bastion. Didn't you hear the beginning of the show? They're not talking about that little news story. I bet. It smells like one malodorous rudderless cruise ship is drifting a little bit too close to home. Indeed. Our multiple sources confirm that the trouble happening way, way down on Sunset Boulevard is being caused by that soggy little tea sandwich, Jordan Ampersand. Apparently, he lied and sent Christopher and Eric to the Vanity Fair Oscar party with a bogus invite. As if. Solely so he could assume control of their tedious little show in their absence. But the best part of this whole ordeal is that little Jordan Ampersand, stray sperm that he is, thought he was sending them all the way to New York and not just a few blocks away from their studio. 
Jordan, put that hammer down before you hurt yourself. Actually, on second thought... Zombies are coming. Help me nail the door shutter. They're going to eat our brain. Well, then you're safe. One sniff and they're sure to pass you right by. You see, it's a regular disaster at the Dinner Party Show studio. But who better to make a Caravaggio out of something by that drunken old Spanish lady who ruined that painting of Jesus than Brock and Bastion, West Hollywood's most perfect gay couple. Earlier, we gave you tips on how to throw the perfect Oscar party. Now, we have insider advice on how to go about prioritizing the hottest guests to come up with a list of candidates for your drunken post-party three-way. Ah! Run, it's Eric Shaw Quinn. All right, shut up, all of you. All of you, we're back. Oh, Lord, it's the one with the hair. Over and out, sweeties. I hear if you cut it off, he loses his voice. Or he just starts to sing soprano. Yeah, and I hear if we took away all the bank loans you two have cobbled together to leverage your glass palace lifestyle, you'd only be able to afford about .002% of that Bentley you guys totaled in Laguna, which is the only place you'd still be able to afford to live. So, buzz off! This is my radio show, and no one else's. Except for me. It's actually well, also mine. That. But I get your point, Eric, and I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation for what happened tonight if we just remove that ball gag from Jordan's mouth. I wish you wouldn't. I almost lost a finger getting that thing in there. <clears throat> I have something to say. What the? Where's that gag he put in your mouth? Did he spit it out? No, he didn't. Oh, my dateline, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Ampersand has swallowed a ball gag. Nothing is sacred, even on Oscar night. I had a reason for doing what I did. See, I told you. Let's hear it, Jordan. I just thought you guys would realize that your show is so good when you guys aren't on it at all. You little bastard. See? All right, Jordan, let's flip a coin. Heads for stripped naked, handcuffed, and dropped off in front of the Vanity Fair Oscar party, or tails for a picture of you in your current position posted on our Facebook page. Who says coins only have two sides? Reality, Jordan. Reality says they do. Um, hello, what about the round part that goes all the way around? That's a side. Is there more scotch? Help yourself, Breck. Thanks, Eric. Look, Oscar night is hard for all of us. How so? Christopher, don't encourage him. No, seriously, living in L.A. on Oscar night is hard because it makes you feel like you're not good enough if you haven't been invited to one of the cool parties or if you're not nominated yourself. It's hard enough being in L.A. year-round. Everyone here is so hot and rich, and there are so many reasons to feel bad about yourself all the time. I just thought if I could pretend like I had my own radio show for this one night when I usually feel really crappy about who I am, then I would get through it without needing any Jarjeeling tea with ecstasy in it. Eric, give him your speech. Which one? I don't know. Just pick one. He won't know the difference. Oh, for God's sake. All right. Jordan, life is about enjoying what it takes to get yourself to the Oscars. Even if you're nominated, even if you win, they play you off after 30 seconds. If winning the Oscar is your only moment of happiness and you haven't enjoyed everything it took to get up on that stage with the statuette in your hand, if you didn't enjoy every table-waiting job, every bad audition, every rejection, every moment in development hell, if you didn't enjoy the life you were having while you were, worst case, never being invited or nominated at all, 
then you wasted your entire life waiting to be happy. So you have to fall in love with where life takes you on the way to winning that award in the first place. Otherwise, you're missing out on just about everything. Also, you have nothing to do with the film industry. Why would you ever expect to be nominated for an Oscar? I have a YouTube channel, and I'm awesome. Get out. For once, it's you saying it. Good night, everyone. Coming soon, the Jordan Ampersand Show. Get Get out. out. All right. Well, the party's a bust, and the Oscars are getting underway, so looks like we'll be live-tweeting from right here. I mean, it's not so bad, right? Our studio is really nice. Well, it's not exactly the Sunset Tower, but it'll do. It's all about living in the moment, right, Eric? And for the moment, we are not at the Vanity Fair party. That's right, Christopher, but it looked awfully crowded from where we were standing anyway. We can still live-tweet every moment of the Oscars at our Twitter account, at Dinner Party Show. So, having rescued our broadcast from a cast of most gay circus animals, apparently. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Breck Artery. Oh, you scared me, Breck. I, I thought you'd gotten into the scotch. Oh my god, are you guys still on the air? Why are you still on the line, Brock? Good question. Wait, are there zombies outside? And this has been a very special Oscar night edition of The Dinner Party Show. Join us Sunday, March 3rd, when we'll be back to our regular format. Thank God. Uh Uh-huh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, with special guests, comedic YouTube sensations, Jeffrey Self and Brian Safi. Until then, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm still Christopher Rice. And you have been listening to The Jordan Show. Get, Get out. I'll be to a marvelous party.